Co-host Bernie, how are you, my friend? Been better. Not too impressed with the weekend football, to be honest with you. It's not going the way I expected it to be going. <laughs> we lost two games, so technically that was one kick for each testicle. Yes. Pretty much that's how that weekend felt. It was, yeah, it was not a good feeling. I was grumpy on Saturday and less grumpy on the Sunday because I thought the girls did a fantastic job. They did. And... It was a field goal, so either or. I mean, you know, obviously Studden missed two field goals. Had she done that, then it would be us singing their praises as opposed to essentially the Roosters winning. So it was a strong start from the Roosters, I have to say. Yeah, or was it a slow start from us? I mean, I think that they jumped us. They got the jump on us. We wrestled the game back nicely. And I thought that the mm. girls were going to run away with it. I thought they were the better team. Apart from the um, two opening tries, I thought um, the girls wrestled it back nicely, got in front. And, uh, yeah, I thought that they were going to sneak home with that one. But, anyway, it is what it is. Mm. I was listening and Phil Gould said that if Maddie Studden got her 41-metre kick that he would shout the entire female Parramatta team Maccas after the game. That <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. And uh, it was a pretty safe bet there, so obviously she didn't get that kick. No, I think but... her range is about 35 from what I've uh, seen, like maybe getting slightly getting to 40, but uh, yeah, it's 35 safe. It was ambitious, that's certainly for sure. And at least though, she didn't hit the post this week. Yes. That's, uh, that's a big plus. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And Abby Church, of course, scored, then unfortunately got that crusher on her. So that's two players we've had crushes on in the past three weeks. Yeah. It looked like a bad one too. Like it was... um, Mm. Because she was trying to get up at the time, so it was like it was opposite forces kind of thing. I didn't really pay too much attention in physics class, but uh, when it comes to football, I know what what feels worse. And uh, I know that when you're trying to stand up and someone's jumping on your head... It's worse than when you're just sitting there and someone jumps on your head. <laughs> mm. I think we should take a moment to say fuck Melbourne for bringing that into the game. Fuck Melbourne. Yes, indeed. Yeah, fuck Melbourne. <laughs> but what a horrible, what a horrible technique. You actually deliberately try and hurt an individual. Yeah. It's just, there's no room for it. It's disgraceful. Not that, not that I'm saying the females rooster player did that. I'm talking about Melbourne. Fuck Melbourne them actually bringing it into the game. They did bring it into the game and it, it's, it became what everyone started to train. So it is Melbourne's fault, not blaming the mm. Roosters for that at all. They did start to sit the player down and put pressure on the back of their head. And uh, of course, Melbourne decided to get together and have a meeting and decide how can we make the game slightly shitter and hurt players mm. and they came up with the crusher tackle and they the chicken wing too they came up with so they came up with a few yeah they did 
I don't know yep. if they came up with the cannonball, but I'm prepared to prepared to blame them for it. But um, you know, it was uh, even though it was Ray Stone doing the uh, the weakest cannonball I've ever seen in my life. But uh, that's another story, I guess. Well, we'll get to Ray Paul Carriage Stone a little bit later. <laughs> We're still on the females <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Christian Pio, she had a great try. There was some suspicion around it actually being slightly forward. Yes. But we still got it and essentially stud and converted. And then Penitani stud and converted again. And so we're level, 18 all. Yeah. And then obviously stud and misses those two field goals. I mean, she was quite a ways out at the time. I, I had no expectation around that. But both teams really gave it their all. They really pushed themselves towards the end. There was heart on both sides. So... They got the field goal in 1918 to the Roosters. Yeah, it was a good game. I enjoyed the game. So, you know, credit to the Roosters. They played well. Mm. It does put us into a precarious position on the board now with the with the girls because I think we've got Brisbane coming up and Brisbane are basically unbeatable in the, uh, mm. the women's comp at the moment. So it's looking like we might be missing the semifinals at the moment. So... Uh, Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, um, we've we've played pretty well, and but I think we need to beat Brisbane. Since their competition finishes early, like it's only a couple of, I think the semi-finals in is in a fortnight, so I think we need to beat Brisbane. I'll have to look into it, but not looking good. Well, on my other podcast, the Dummy M. T Dog, my co-host, was saying that what's actually happening right now, and I was unaware of this is they're playing out the 2021 season and that later this season, the 2022 female season is actually going to begin and their final will sort of coincide with the men's NRL final. So they're double dipping, are they? They're starting their competition again? Yeah. Yeah, they essentially, they last year, I'm not sure because the game moved north. I'm not sure what that's all about, Mm -hmm. but maybe it was COVID related. But essentially, yeah, they're, they're just wrapping up their 2021 season now and we will get more female games later in the season. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought that was them done for the year, so that's good news. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm slightly... I really enjoyed the idea that the NRL season started earlier. Yeah. So I think if they're legitimately going to run the competition parallel with the men's competition, I would offer that that's actually going to hurt the female game more. They're going to be competing for airtime. You know, what, who are you going to watch? If you're forced to watch just one football game, mm. if you've got commitments, you're working on the weekend, you've got family, whatnot, and you can really only be allowed to watch one football game, which one are you going to watch? So I kind of like the idea that the women's season is either before or after the men's season. Yeah. And then that way we get more footy and I think more eyeballs on the females game. Well, to be perfectly honest like um the girls game being on the sunday at midday i had to go to my uh, niece's birthday party i watched the first half but good old ko i just watched the second half when i got home so i think that'll be happening more mm. often i think that um you know i always watch the uh, the men's live because that's the way i've been trained and also i'm guaranteed to hear about the result if we lose i'll be getting uh, all the text messages from my uh <laughs> From my mates, who are like, Odie being a Manly fan, and um, I got a few others who are uh, Roosters fans. Two other mates of mine, Roosters fans. So I'll be sure to hear about it before I get time to see the replay. But with the girls' game, you generally get time to see the replay. Yes. Now, when I was away with the army, I made a new friend, and 
I mentioned her. She was the one who made the chicken kids. Her name's Naomi. Legend. And Naomi, when she was younger, was a Cronulla Sharks cheerleader. So she is a Cronulla Sharks fan. So I've just made a new friend who naturally had to text me on the weekend <laughs> to let let me know. Uh, that's some good <laughs> how timing. How well Cronulla went. <laughs> yeah, that's some good timing. <laughs> the Parramatta's podcast because Parramatta fans matter. So while the females ended up, it came down to the field goals. And as you said, the girls really fought their way back into that match. Completely different experience down there at Sharp Park on the weekend. What were your thoughts? Well, it's licorice all sorts, wasn't it? I mean, it was, um, there was a lot of, as, as an eel, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, our defense looks shit. Our attack mm. looked okay. How many forward passes did Cronulla pass and get away with it? It was ridiculous including their match-winning try from Nico Hines, which was a basketball pass forward. I mean, there's clips everywhere on the internet of it. And it's, it didn't float forward. It actually came forward out of the front of his hand. And then you've got them obviously targeting Mitch, which I believe Parramatta's put in an official complaint about. That's how bad it was mm. that they were mm. actually trying to hurt him to take him out of the game. And then there's the stupid cannonball tackle with one minute to go, Ray Stone on their fourth tackle. It's just dumb, you know, and it, I'm a massive Ray Stone fan. I, I think he's a he's a great player, but that just, it, it just breaks your heart. It's just like, ah, oh, you know, there's, there's a couple of minutes to go. We're in front and they had a hold of him. He wasn't going anywhere and he dives around the, yeah. the legs. I mean, it was completely unnecessary, gives them the boost and then they run down and score. So... And then on the other side of things, as a football fan, you've got Craig Fitzgibbon doing his first ever game. It's down at Shark Park. They haven't seen a live game for a long, long time. You've got Nico Hines, who's missed two goals. So if he misses the third goal and we go on to win the game, he's the most hated man down in the Shire. He manages to convert mm. the goal. It was a pretty easy one for a you know first-grade goal kicker. He's the hero of the day. As a football fan, you're like, okay, if you're going to lose, I don't mind... Craig Fitzgibbon, his first game. Nico Hines, he's the hero of the day. I don't mind that, in all honesty, because we should never have been in that position. We should never have been in that position mm. where they were having a shot to win the game. So, And then on the other hand, I've got lots of hands today, it's, <laughs> it's the kick in the ass that we needed because if we had won that and now we're playing Storm this week, We've got two wins. I, I reckon we go into the Storm game with a false sense of security, like thinking that we're all that. And it's like, well, you know, we're a pretty good team. We've won these two close games. Storm will run all over the top of us. So I actually think I'd rather lose to Cronulla than to lose to the Storm. So yeah. going into yep. this fuck game... Melbourne. Yeah, fuck Melbourne. So going into this game, not too bad. So I don't know what you take out of what I've just said because I know I'm all over the place. I'm up and down, left and right. Mm. So I'm a bit confused about how I feel about the game. Well, normally when Parramatta lose, I, I feel like smashing something. And, you know, my immediate, you know, five, ten seconds after it happens, I'm like, something's got to smash. I didn't feel that way with this one. I kind of went, oh, good for Nico. He seems like a nice young kid. And, you know, mm, he's made this mm. big move and he's taken a chance. And you like to see young kids have taken a chance. You like to see him succeed. You like to see, you know, mm. it's a good good football story, I thought. So... 
I don't know. Your thoughts? Well, to begin with, I thought Nico had a great game. He did. And I was very impressed with the way that he played. I thought that was excellent. I'm uh, I'm going to say something that goes against what you have <laughs> put forward out into the world this year. I know what and... you're going to do. Are you going to say Wonga on the wing? No. Okay, all right. Because I've been preaching Wonga on the wing and I thought he had a good game. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that's going to going to make you sad but i'm calling it here and now this is not our year it totally is our year and i'll tell you no. why because what other and, team and i'll tell you why it well is. so you go what other team is playing better than us at the moment other than the panthers okay okay i i i take your point yeah. okay the point i'm making is this is that i legitimately believe we are in a position and we have been in a position for a number of years now that we have the horse, we don't have the jockey. We definitely don't have the jockey. So it definitely. We don't. We simply don't. We simply don't. So at the start of the season, we we're all scratching our heads as to why Jake Arthur was in that team for that first game. Mm. Okay. He has limited positions that he can play and he was put on the bench over players who had far more versatility and were more experienced and would have better served our team. So the second game comes along. Jake Arthur's not mentioned in the team. And then suddenly at the 11th hour, Jake Arthur's back. Mm. And now when the Teamless Tuesday or Teamless Wednesday, whatever it is now. No, it's Tuesday. Yeah, out, they've come back to Tuesday. Yep. Okay. Came out. And, and this is the reason here and now and I'm going to draw a boxing parallel to explain, unpack my thinking here. Teamless Tuesday came out and we all sat there and went, ah, BA's figured it out. He's finally got it through his head that, you know, Jake should be in New South Wales Cup. He shouldn't be in the team. He's got the message. Finally, we're on the right track and things are going to start looking up. But then suddenly he's back in the team. So what we see there is our wishful thinking. And how many times have we had the conversation where it's, what was BA thinking? Why did he make that decision? And after he took over in 2014, I believe, after that amount of time, if we're still having those conversations, I offer to you here and now, we have a great horse this year, but we just don't have the jockey because if he's making these decisions now, he's going to make them next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that, mm. and they're going to cost us. I'll, I'll put it to you here and now. The thing that got us back into that match after the strong start by Cronulla had nothing to do with BA whatsoever. It was Mitch Moses did a chip kick yep. and him, Dylan Brown and Gutho put some magic together and scored a try. That wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't planned. It wasn't a set move. That was Mitch Moses' natural talent and reading the game. Yep. Had nothing to do with BA, the bigger pitch of BA. And so... I can remember being a boxing fan and getting into arguments with guys online and they'd be like, for example, when Roy Jones Jr. got knocked out by Antonio Tava, this guy, I remember it distinctly, and he's like, all Roy Jones has to do is keep his hands up and he'll win the rematch. And I'm like, <laughs> but there's no guarantee he's going to keep his hands up. Yeah. That's all he has to do. And it caused this big argument. But I'm like, you're just putting what you want to happen onto this scenario and there's that wishful thinking. There is enough evidence, enough data around BA for us to know, lovely guy, 
seems to have he's put together a really good team but his bench rotation is has and always will be questionable we don't really have set plays we're just a team that just has a, a large amount of magic on the ground and we are just too inconsistent Apparently, in the first game of the year, we missed 40 tackles. If we miss four tackles against Melbourne, that's four tries to Melbourne, let alone 40. Oh, How many that's times Melbourne of last gone? year, it would be four tries. Not Melbourne of this year. Melbourne this year looking at shit as well. Mm, not as... Yeah, well, okay. Um, <laughs> still, still, look, I, I think we missed 50 tackles this weekend. So if we lose 40 or 50 tackles... If we miss 40 or 50 tackles against Melbourne, it's a bloodbath. It'll be 80 nil. Yes, 100%. It's going to be a massacre. 100%. It's going to be a massacre. And look, you know, I, I don't want to badmouth the guy. He seems like a lovely guy. And again, the culture around our club is wonderful. I think we have a really good team... We have, we're not really involved in shenanigans, touch wood. We're not a team that really gets out there and does the wrong thing. We behave ourselves. I really think everybody is on board with the mission. I think everybody is really passionate, but it's those decisions that are just being made that is the reason why it's not our year. No. It's just not going to happen. It is. I'll explain to you why. But um, first of all, okay. first of all. <laughs> and I hope you're right. And I hope you're right. First of all, I'll go back to the bench. All right, so... No one, no one, including Brad Arthur, knows why Jake was put on last minute. Cartwright left out. If we could have interjected Cartwright with 20 minutes to go in that game and brought off the Iceman, the Iceman was done. He was exhausted. He needed to come off. Mm -hmm. He didn't come off. Mm. All of the, like he just, all the, he created a lot of gaps in the last 20 minutes. He was just gone. So if we had Brycey on, he could have come in and he could have patched that. How you win a game when your players are exhausted by leaving one fresh man on the bench is insane. Like you, you just bring, just bring Jake on. Like just don't even bring him at halfback. Play him at center. Play him anywhere. But he's fresh. He's going to do better than the Ice Man who's completely exhausted. So you're right. Ba made a mistake picking him. Although it was almost a genius move when we thought that uh, Mitch was going to go early and we had another halfback sitting on the bench. But mm. Jake now sits on the bench the entire game, doesn't get to run a single step, doesn't get to hone his skills as a halfback. He should be a New South Wales Cup practicing being a halfback for later in the year when Mitch does go down. Okay, you add all these things up. And you get yourself a coach who is about to get fired. Now, what's Parramatta famous for? Well, there's a lot of things, but one thing we're famous for is... <laughs> it's a 30-minute show, baby. <laughs> one thing... We... Hey, can I just jump in? Can, can I just jump in? You know you're meant to be arguing against Here me. It I'm comes. still waiting. Here it comes. Everything Here it comes. you've said, those... Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're allowing BA to make these ridiculous decisions. All right? Right. And uh-huh. bang. He's made all these stupid decisions. He's fired. You're out. Now, normally what saves a coach is there's no one there to take the role. There's no one there to take the reins. Who have we put on the bench next to BA this year? A former first grade coach, Mary McGregor, who is sitting there ready to take the reins. Now, when I said Parramatta is going to win the grand final this year, I didn't say that BA was going to be the coach of the team. Mm -hmm. I 100% believe 
BA is going to get fired for all these stupid decisions he's making. Mary McGregor is going to take over as the coach. Parramatta wins the grand final because Mary's not going to make those stupid mistakes by playing only 16 players. When you've got players out there cramping, you've got players who can't stand up and you've got a fresh 19-year-old kid sitting on the bench and you don't put him out there to play. It's insane. Like, and we only lost by after the bell. I get so flustered even thinking about it. And I, I don't want to hear any more talk about Jake Arthur being a shit player because he's not. He's just not ready for first grade. I think he's going to be a great player. And his dad's making everyone hate him. And it's annoying the hell out of me because he's a good kid. And he's going to be a great player, I believe, in a couple of years' time. And I want him to be at Parramatta. So I think BA is... They're giving him enough rope to hang himself with at the moment. That's two weeks, two ridiculous decisions. Why bring an extra halfback into the game when he literally can't play any other position other than halfback? And then when you've got guys out there who can no longer move and you've got Nico Hines running around them like they're in cement, why not then stick on the 19-year-old who's at least going to chase him down? You know, I'm scratching my head, but that's my prediction, that we're going to win, but we're not going to win with BA at the reins. So I would offer that... Remember last year when we went through that slump and it was very much BA's job came into question. But then we won a couple of matches. Granted, that was on the verge of the finals. Yeah. And we made the finals. That just vanished. All that talk just vanished. So my concern here is, once again, 2022, no different from the last year, the year before that, the year before that, the year before that. There's all these head-scratching decisions that come from this man and these decisions that if we win the next four in a row, all of that's just forgotten. It's just forgotten. But the problem is... It's there. And again, to draw a boxing parallel, let's just say you really struggle with a southpaw, but then your next five fights are against orthodox and you just smash orthodox guys. You know how to fight them. And suddenly everyone just thinks you're a world beater. I mean, look at Conor McGregor. How many times can that guy lose? Yet people still believe that he can come back and do really well. He can't, by the way. But <laughs> he can't. He's, he's, isn't he supposed, he's to, he's supposed to be fighting uh, Usman next, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, because uh, he does well against wrestlers, didn't you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> so, I just think we'll go through a, a golden period at some point. Yeah, maybe after the Storm game, and we win, say, three, four on a trot, and this will all just be dropped and forgotten. Yeah, well, going by the plan of BA getting fired, he was we weren't supposed to win round one, so you know we. We're still good enough to win against the Titans, only just. Like, you know, we could be zero from two at the moment. We've got Storm up. It's going to be hard for us to beat the Storm down at Amy mm. Park. It's their home ground. We could be zero from three. Well, we're lucky we won that first game. I mm. I just think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I, I like having Mary on the bench, but I don't know. If, there's no way in hell Mary had any decision over the selection of the team. And if he does, maybe he's not in a position where he's comfortable to say, sorry, your son can't play this week. But mm. what, what, was the, what was the whole deal? I think that he just named him out of the team 
so that people didn't say anything about it all week. And then an hour before the game... Yeah, it seemed yeah, so strange. Just yeah. to protect him. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm going to protect him so he doesn't cop all this hate. One hour before the game. But then he, he picks him, but then he doesn't play him. He doesn't, doesn't even give him the him. chance to redeem himself. Yeah. It's just... It, yep. it, it's just makes the decision so much worse. I'd so much prefer to have mm. Jake Arthur on the field with 20 minutes to go than not on the field. I hate not using all your bench. You think about it. Okay, we start with 13 players. Let's just say we never use the bench. Oh, let's just play with 13 players. Obviously, you're not going to win. Mm. Well, then what's mm. the difference between one, two, three, four reserves? You're lessening your chances of winning by 25% every player that you yep. don't play. Insane. And Bryce Cartwright is a game changer. He could come on and he would he would run around their tied forwards. I mean, it's it, you're just scratching your head. I mean, I, it doesn't make any sense at all. The only reason I thought he was there for round one, I thought that Mitch had an injury cloud over him and that he was covering for him. And then the last minute he changes again, puts him in the team. I'm like, there's, there's got to be something wrong with Mitch. Why would he be carrying a halfback on the bench when that halfback literally cannot cover any other position mm, it's mm. it's scary and as you said he's been been the jockey for nine years i mean i don't like calling for someone's job i don't like i, sure, I just sure. i just want him to stop making mistakes like it's but but this is the thing this is the thing we're nine years deep yeah. and it's the same pattern we started the year with the same pattern and you know, history is a very good indicator for future behaviour in that sense. Yeah. So I just think my concern, as I've already voiced, is we're going to win four or five on the trot yeah. and everyone's going to be, oh, we're going to win again, we're going to win again. Yeah. But I, we know history has shown us these dumb decisions, this poor use of the bench, this... What's, ha what's happened to our defence? How? How is it humanly possible that we miss 40 tackles. In the game on the weekend, how many times did a Cronulla player get tackled then jump up and make another 10 metres? Yeah. We're tackling one off. We're not tackling in numbers. And not only that, David Kidwell, our defensive coach, just got his extension. He got an extension. Yeah, and BA got an extension oh, too like, last year. Like so yeah. I'm not seeing... I don't share your optimism that this is going to change. Oh. I think... Is it the fact that we just think... Getting into the top three to six is good enough. Is that is that our problem? Like you said, one of my greatest concerns would be you get into the grand final and then he decides, oh, I'm going to pick Jake Arthur on the bench. He's going to be number 17, whereas he hasn't been playing all year. And you're like, okay, so what's your plan? Is your plan to go into the grand final and to just not play someone? You can't win a grand final by giving someone zero minutes. Sean Lane, to his credit, I, I, I've been, you know, critiquing Sean Lane. To his credit, he knows he's playing 80 minutes. I, after seeing him in the trial games, and he played 20 minutes and then he was off, 20 minutes and then he was off, he came out, he was just smashing it in the trials. Watching him on the weekend, he's conserving energy. And I don't even blame him because mm. he knows that there's no one coming off the bench to bloody relieve him. So the first mm. 20 minutes, I swear he looked like he was conserving energy and I don't even blame him because mm. come the end of the game, they're bringing their you know, bench players on, running rings around him, make him look like a, like a snap yeah. ahead. And he's like, well, I'm going to bloody leave some in the tank. I swear that's mm. what he's doing. But 
you know, if you, if you had to, to play a full game of footy and you're like, okay, if I give my all and I gas, I'll, I'll, I'll get to go and sit on the bench and I know that I've given my all and that a fresh player mm. will come on. If you're out there and you're gassed, what a horrible feeling that would be, knowing that you're on national TV, you're gassed, and you've got all these super fit youngsters who have been sitting on a bloody bench running at you. The mind boggles, man. It, it, it really, like you said, I thought we were beyond this. I really, I really did. And I, I, I don't know why. I, I've not seen any behaviour from him to suggest that that he's learned from these things. And this is my concern. Yeah. And as you say, look, I, I don't want to. Bad mouth the guy. He seems like a nice guy. He seems guy. like a really nice and guy. I have, I've met him uh, again, and he seems really built, nice. He's built a great team. He's built a great team. Yep. We have a great club culture. There's so many things that are positive, but it's the head-scratching decisions that just happen over and over and over and over that we we have to start believing that more dumb decisions are to come. And if we don't replace him, then I just cannot see us cannot see us threatening against the top four teams. Geez, it's divisive as well. Like if you look at all the comments on Facebook, all the Parramatta fans pages, it's so divisive because you have people saying, what the hell was he thinking? Mm. He's, this is dumb. And then you've got other people chiming in who don't like hearing anything bad said about the team. You're not a true fan if you say anything bad. Mm. Not a true fan. I've been following this team for 40 odd years. Like it's like this is this is yeah, insanity. Yeah. And it's very divisive. Everyone can see it. It's like, oh, how many first grade games have you coached? None. But there's a hundred people on here saying the exact same thing who have watched this exact yeah. same amount of games. Maybe we know a thing or two about the football. Maybe we've learnt a few mm. things over the years and maybe we've learnt that playing 16 versus 17 is not a smart thing to do, especially when you've got people gassed in the last 10 minutes. It, mm. You know, I think BA needs to go and the only way BA is going to go is if we lose six games in a row. You know, we, mm. and as you said, we might get a nice little run of games. Uh, we've got... We've got Storm this week and we've got St. George the weekend after and they're both going to be hard games. You know, we could be we could be zero from three for the next, you know, next few games. I don't know, man. I don't I don't think BA's the man to get us home. I just wanna see yeah. I just wanna see him stop making stupid mistakes because he's a nice kid. Mm, not gonna no, happen. It's really not, not gonna, gonna happen, happen, is it? But Anyway, my prediction stands true. I do think this is our year because I, there's no way in hell we're winning it next year, not with all the players leaving. But maybe Mary McGregor's the man to get us to get us there. No, we both know the man to get us there, and that's Para Jesus. And <laughs> he's gone into hiding, my friend. No, he's, he's he's gone into hiding. <laughs> so I'm I'm worried. I'm very worried. And and I just want to qualify here and now that I read a news story yesterday. Uh that Fergo is back from Japan. I read that too. He spent about 27 <laughs> or 29 days in jail and his manager's now shopping him around. We are not taking Fergo back, but maybe we will. We don't have maybe a winger. That's we don't have... decision. <laughs> maybe that's another dumb decision. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about dumb decisions. Josh Hodgson, who is replacing Reed Marnie next year, just had a season-ending injury at the Raiders. He's gone for the season mm. now. His next game is going to be for Parramatta. He's going to go a whole mm. year not playing any football. He's injury prone. 
We decide to buy him instead of giving Reed Marnie whatever the hell he wants, which was mm, which was prawn chips. which was apparently yeah. was better prawn chips and an extra year on his contract. He wanted a fourth year yep. instead of three years, and we went no. You know what? We're going to go and buy some old dude with busted up knees and save yeah. save ourselves a penny, mate. Geez, it's hard following this club sometimes. It's like <laughs> it's it's bloody torture, and everyone says, "Oh, let's see you do better." Give me the fucking reins, I swear to God, man! Yeah, I swear it, to fuck, God, fuck me dead. I, I couldn't do. Fuck me I dead. couldn't do worse. I swear to you. Uh you guys on the wing, stay next to that white line and fucking don't move. Like that's great advice. <laughs> okay, let's look at some big guys on the bench. Oh, you're tight. Get off. You get on. You get off. You get yeah, on. Like... <laughs> it's like I like playing number seven. I've spent all my life playing number seven. I've like practiced all off season being number seven. All right, you play number seven. I don't move you all game. You don't go out and. <sighs> You know, it's not that hard, is it? Like, like Dillbag's like in the first round. It's like, go and play in the centers. Now there's talk that he's a center, not a 5-8. It's just like, he's played his whole life in the halves. I mean, I don't know, yeah. mate. It's It does my head in. I like Wonger on the wing, though. <laughs> Wonger in the wing is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't Wonger's pass the ball. Right. If you're keen on starting your own podcast, then Buzzsprout is the platform for you. Podcasting allows you to engage in a topic that you are passionate about and find like-minded people who share your interests. We switched over to Buzzsprout from one of their competitors and it was the best decision we made. The analytics they provide are insightful, the platform gets your show out instantaneously, and they have an amazing library of tutorials which help make your show the best it can be. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. Buzzsprout, check it out. One thing I've got to ask is, is I was blown away seeing footage of the Sharks match of Prime Minister Scott Morrison oh. doing his spirit fingers onto the field. And I'm like, I've never seen it before. So I'm like, this is voodoo. This is voodoo. Yeah. This is just, this guy's using witchcraft. He's witchcraft. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe the, he's put a hex on us. Maybe that's what's nah, happening. Like ScoMo, everything that he does, he's seen someone else do. And someone has said that that's cool. And he's gone, oh, I'll get on and I'll give it a go as well. So to me, yeah. that's the equivalent of him, uh, you know, removing the uh, the shield and looking at the, the bright lights. Like <laughs> he's he's just seen someone else do it and gone the spirit fingers. So I'll have a piece of that. God, if you've ever felt yeah. like punching someone, it's looking at ScoMo swinging his stupid scarf, but at least he has a team. I'm, and I've said this about a lot of um, sister's boyfriends and stepdaughter's boyfriends. Who do you follow? I don't. Fo I don't have a team. I don't trust you. If you don't have a team, yeah. I would rather yeah, yeah, yeah. her date a Canterbury Bankstown supporter or a Melbourne Storm supporter than have no team. It's these people who mm. don't have a team. They're untrustworthy because yeah. they they can't stick to something. They can't yeah. ride it out. Anyway. Yeah, they 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 can't ride out the good and the bad. Mm. You know, if you don't have a team, 
don't trust you. Sorry. So uh, I wear my Parramatta Eels hat at my school in Queensland <laughs> and the kids are always, oh, you go for the Eels. Why do you go for the Eels? I said, because I come from there. <laughs> I come from Parramatta. That's what, and they sort of have this look on their face of they'd never considered that. Yes. And they're like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Didn't you just pick a and team? And then we just move on. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't you just pick a team like the rest of us? No, we, we actually grew up in Parramatta Shire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Balkan. Yeah. Now, in their defence, in their defence, they didn't have... I mean, these kids did. Yeah. These kids had plenty of choice. But when I talked to T-Dog, yeah. T-Dog's... Well, there was only Brisbane when I first started following yeah. footy. Yeah, Brisbane came along and so I, I'm in Queensland. I was going to follow Brisbane. So, yeah, they haven't, they've been, they haven't been spoiled for choice like us in New South Wales. Yeah, this is true. But you're still, you know, mm. you're supposed to follow the team where you grow up. And if you don't grow up where a team is, then you can pick a team. Agreed. But mm. I don't know. It's hard being a Parramatta yep. supporter. It is. Oh, yeah. another it another um, thing I wanted to bring up with you. Have you seen... We're all familiar with the uh, the random Souths fan who appears all over the place. Mm. No matter mm. what sporting event, yep, yep. random Souths fan. There's starting yep, to be yep, yep. random Parramatta fans appearing in the media at the moment there's the there's one at the cricket in um it's at sri lanka or pakistan or over there somewhere yeah i saw that yeah yeah, yeah. random para fans I'm, I'm enjoying it and there was another one as well i don't know where he was so i just saw the clickbait but uh random para fan i like the idea yeah yeah i, I was having that exact same thought of I, I mean a club that's been around since 1947 yeah you would expect there to be because when I went to Rockhampton last year to watch the game and I went to Mackay, there's plenty of para fans out there as with every other team as well, but they're, they're out there, they're in the woodwork. So yeah, I'd like to see them start wearing their jerseys elsewhere. Yeah. I think a lot of people have Parramatta as a, as a second team, because I noticed that whenever Parramatta plays the Cowboys up in Darwin, we get outnumbered, you know, 90 to, 10 or something i don't know the the odds but we get massively outnumbered when we go further north obviously north queensland cowboys is pretty big mm. Mm. but i do think that when um like a Parramatta versus the roosters in Mackay, there was a lot of Parramatta fans they're definitely more than mm. you know roosters fans yeah absolutely not that it does much mm. good but <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of Parramatta fans when you are on facebook do visit the Parramatta's Facebook page and make sure that you sign up. We will love to approve you and have more fans on there. We're getting close to 100, which is pretty cool there, Bernie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the 100. That'll be good. We had uh, a new member sign in today. I didn't get to see his uh, name, but I did get to see mm. his mullet. So uh, it's good. The more mullets, the yeah. better. I'm, I'm enjoying their uh, mullets. Automatically, yep. <laughs> Unless it's Ryan Pappenhausen, then no, he cannot come in because fuck Melbourne. Uh, don't forget... You can catch me on the Dummy M podcast with T-Dog and we've got a whole new point system. We are the Dummy M. We're all about dumb things that happen. The Dally M is about rugby league excellence. We're going for all the dumb shit. So make sure you check us out. And as always, as we say to finish our podcast, click go the eels. Click go the eels. The Parramatta's podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms.